Beyond the Mic with Sean Dillon. We're joined on the star line by an actor, director, model, and writer. His latest project is a horror movie set in the town of the same name. We welcome writer and director of Miracle Valley, Greg Sestero. Thanks so much for having me. Greg, let's go beyond the mic. What makes a good film great and a bad film great? Bad film great. Let's start with that. I feel like, um, you know, a bad film to me is one that you just, it's, it's torture to watch. You're not following what's going on. You don't care about anybody. It's slow. It doesn't move. A bad film that's great is one where you just, you keep following it because you're like, there's just simply no way this can really happen. Who would think of this? All these questions race through your head. Um, but it's, it's interesting enough to where you want to keep following it. And it brings out a great camaraderie with people you're watching it because, you know, you're laughing and you're engaged through it and you're, you're having that question that you want to have often as you're watching a film is, is, is why, how, like all these things are popping through your head. Now, a movie, you know, for example, that I think is great because it's great is one like Back to the Future or the original Star Wars because they capture an essence of time uh, that is nostalgic and both modern and it's something that stays with you in those movies, whether it's the score or the actors. Um, it's something you can just rewatch over and over and it, some of those movies have an element where you want to live in them. You want to go to the locations, you want to wear t-shirts um so i think it's just gotta have that draw where you know you see yourself in the characters and you can imagine being a part of that world um and i think it all comes back to who's creating it i think a lot of the creators that we that we love are misunderstood maybe in real life but but they're able to tell stories that really speak to us so that's what I hope to do is I hope to, to take whatever strange journeys I've been on and, and share them with the world. Well, you brought up Star Wars. Did you like The Force Awakens or not? I, I pretty much stick to the original three, four, five, and six. I think that's that's the count. Um, I just think there was something from 1977 to 1983 that just with those characters and the special effects and practical effects, I think it just worked for that time and for that generation. And I think Really, ever since then, they've been trying to recapture whatever was in those with different filmmakers, different, you know, different attempts. I mean, what always has stayed great is the score because you still have John Williams, you know, scoring these movies. But I just don't think they quite um, hit the level of magic that those original three did. And so if I'm going to turn on Star Wars, I'm just going to, you know, stick to Empire or um, A New Hope. Your latest horror film, Miracle Valley, is an homage to those old-school horror movie classics. How was this movie to create? So I was, it was really the first time that I you know, took on this adventure of sort of doing the whole writing, directing, starring. And really, I, just, I did a lot of research screenwriters um, talk about what... Um, what they love to do and, and, and people that I respect and really they, their advice was follow the fun. And so to me, a, a big element of, of a film is the location. And so I had a really incredible spot down in Southern Arizona that had, you know, lakes and old churches and valleys and, you know, these really cool homes and abandoned haunted houses in the mountains that had been up there for a couple hundred years. And so I just scouted and went through and let the story kind of come to me and I would watch, 
you know, movies that I really loved, Hitchcock films, Breakdown with Kurt Russell came out in the mid nineties. Um, just movies that I enjoyed sitting through, you know, that, you know, maybe the story is, is far out and the characters are, you know, a bit, a bit out there. There's just something about those films that it is, it takes you on the escape. And I wanted this film to sort of have that adventure where you jump in, you sort of, don't ask the questions that real life asks you and you just sort of get lost in, in this road trip um, with this, um, with this group of people. So I, uh, I really enjoyed uh, making it. We shot it on Ari, which is, you know, as close to film now as I think you can. So it sort of has that seventies look. And, you know, I think, um, you know, I love movies like the Hills have eyes and race with the devil. Nice. You know, I a couple modern ones like Don't Breathe and Hereditary. And so I just tried to go out there and, and make a movie that we really enjoyed making. I think that's a big part I've learned over the years is uh, you can't really control how a movie's going to come out, but you can sort of control the, the experience of making it. And so we went out and just had a great time and had this these amazing locations. We filmed at Lake Powell, which is where um, Planet of the Apes was filmed years ago. And uh, it was just cool to be out there in the thick of it, making a film um, with your friends. What was the biggest challenge during this project? I think it was, you know, I, I did a lot on this film. I went down there in May of 2019 and lived down there and wrote the script and scouted. And, you know, I was kind of doing the producing and the writing and directing and starting. So it was a lot to take on. Um, you know, any film is a, is a big undertaking. But this one, you know, having wearing so many hats, I think, that was a big challenge. And also, you know, I thought filming in, in Arizona in, in November, I thought it'll be great. I'll wear a t-shirt, weather will be awesome. And it got so cold that, um, I just like literally almost froze to death. <laughs> there was one night we were filming. It was brutally cold. And then you involve the blood and you're freezing even more. And there's the insects that are still kind of lurking. But there was one night we had to shoot a whole, um, scene with the cult outside and the rain started and we had ended up going till three o'clock in the morning and just everybody was freezing cold and we were like running in to avoid the rain and cold but it was just a yeah it was uh it, it it definitely lent itself to the movie because the movie is about strange characters and i think the weather you know forced the actors to sort of work through that but uh, it was a great group they never complained once and i mean at one point i was so cold we had one of those heating fire things and i almost i think i caught on fire at one point wow. whatever i got to do to stay warm but you never would have thought southern arizona would be that cold and, um, and so there there we were you've been a model and an actor which was harder oh i think um you know acting is definitely way more of a challenge you know a different kind of craft i think modeling was what i enjoyed about modeling was the shoots getting out there with a the photographer and creating a look and creating a feel um, outside of sort of the whole getting work, going to castings with thousand people waiting for four hours just to get a, a job. It was sort of going off with a photographer you really respected and, and, and trying to create a feel. Because that's really what modeling is. You're selling a lifestyle. You're selling a feel. So I definitely enjoyed that aspect of it. And that also goes into film because the film, you're doing the same thing except you're employing dialogue and, and a situation and, and for people to you know, motion pictures obviously is what it's called. But um, I think acting is definitely way more of a craft and, and takes more life experience and all that to bring to life. 
There are plenty of bad horror movies out there from Satan's cheerleaders to the room. Why is the horror genre filled with either really good movies, those movies that scare you to the core, or the ones we wish we didn't watch? I think it's just the genre that you can take the biggest risks with. And I think anytime you risk something, you, you, you weigh exactly what you just said. So, you know, The Room, for example, was a, was a movie that was made to try to be the next Citizen Kane. It was made by a man who believed he was the next Marlon Brando. It was meant to make people cry and feel scared for two weeks. You know, and instead we got something that makes people laugh for 20 years now almost. So um, I think horror is something that even when it's bad, I think some of these, you're still getting a little bit of the gore, you're still getting comedy, you're still getting absurd situations, which is, you know, why a lot of us go to the movies. So I thought horror was a great genre to slip into and and try out um, something new. And like I said, with, you know, with the disaster artists, I felt like there was more pressure in telling the story behind you know, the making of this cult movie and making sure to tell something that's honest, but also um, relatable and, and that tells, you know, answers questions. So with Miracle Valley, it was going out there and taking all the movies that I loved and, and, and trying to, to give this audience something that really, really is fun and plays with the crowd. And we've done some touch screens with it. And the crowd interacts with the film. They're laughing. There's a lot of humor. There's a lot of call, uh, call out. So, Something about the way I work, people love to yell stuff at the screen. So Miracle Valley definitely really plays well with the crowd. Um, it was really fun to see at the test screen. It's time for the Rocking 8, Greg. Eight random questions answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. There's no pressure. Who is the actor you were glad to make a film with and the one you still want to work on a project with? I'd say the actor I still want to work on a film with is uh, Harrison Ford and uh, Brian Cranston. I was very lucky to to work with him on Disaster Artist because I'm a huge Breaking Bad fan. So that was really cool. How about your favorite Hitchcock film? Psycho. Now, are you friends with any of your exes? Yes. <laughs> Surprisingly. Which is better, Better Call Saul or Breaking Bad? Breaking Bad. What's your best memories of driving through Ireland? Uh, driving through the sunset right outside Galway watching sheep running alongside my car. What excuse do you use way more than you should? I'm tired. <laughs> Which I've stopped. I've, I've, I've stopped using the word tired. I think you just, you just should never refer to anything as being tired. You should just uh, eliminate that word from your vocabulary. Favorite ride in Disney World? Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Wow, there's a shock. I thought it would be Haunted Mansion. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, okay, they're close. It just depends the day you ask. Today, I've been watching behind the attraction on Disney Plus, and I was watching something on actually the Haunted Mansion yesterday. That makes sense. How do you like your popcorn? Uh, butter and salt. If you're enjoying these conversations, please check out another Beyond the Mic episode to find more actors, artists, and people you need to know. We'd also appreciate a like and subscribe on the Good Pods app. It's time for the back half with writer-director of the horror Miracle Valley, Greg Sestero. Greg, you've spent time overseas, Milan, Paris, when you were younger. How did that time overseas change the way you see movies? Uh, it changed it quite a bit because I was thrust into the whole fashion world. Um, as a 17-year-old, you know, I was uh, in this major city going to the designers that I used to see in magazines and model briefs in magazines who were seven, eight years older than I was. So it immediately put me into the whole creative obsession of wanting to um, be noticed and make an impact. And um, I think immediately when I moved back from Milan and Paris, I got, um, I started taking acting classes. 
um, because I, I, I noticed in modeling, you know, you're kind of stifled, you're, you're limited to the page. And I knew to do bigger things, I needed to get comfortable with myself. And so I immediately jumped into to acting classes and I think it pushed me to, you know, starting so young to try to, to try to learn the craft. Greg, how paranoid are you? Uh, about life? About anything. Um, I'm always, I'm more uh, inquisitive um, versus uh, paranoid. I think I always love to ask questions. I don't, I'm not somebody who really is big on, on being right or wrong. I'm, I'm more about studying stuff and, and saying like, oh, this is, you know, interesting. Um, so I'm more inquisitive. I was a little terrified when I was living out in the middle of nowhere, writing, making Miracle Valley, writing a script. I was living in a house up on a hill in the middle of nowhere, which was, I thought would be a good idea coming from LA. But at night I would look out and I would hear animals. I would hear, you know, wildlife, crickets, and I could, I couldn't see anything out there. It was all dark. But if you were out in the mountains and you're out walking around, you could see completely in the house. So I would go to bed a little paranoid, maybe that somebody was going to pop in or an animal was going to pop in. So I, that did, you know, bleed into the story and, and um, you know, that part of living in the middle of nowhere. So I did have a little bit of paranoia of things lurking out there. Um, so I did have that, but more in general, I'd say I'm more inquisitive. What did you do during the pandemic quarantine? So ironically enough, the pandemic just about started the last time I was in Lubbock. It was a pretty big, big thing for me because it, within a week, the pandemic happened. I became an uncle the night I was in Lubbock the last time. Um, my nephew was born and the pandemic happened. So I went back to the house that I had in Arizona on a ranch, which I thought was kind of perfect. I was like, I still have this place for a few more months. I'm going to come out here. I'm going to, you know, live here. I'm going to work on editing Miracle Valley. I'm going to do some writing. So I spent, you know, a good two months living out in the Miracle Valley house, living under the stars, editing the film, writing scripts. Um, I wrote a, a new UFO abduction film because out there the whole UFO culture is really fascinating and a, and a really big deal. So I spent it, um, you know, being creative, um, getting a chance to have a break. I think I slept in for two months straight and just um, did a lot of hikes and then spent a lot of time with family and my nephew. So I, um, you know, I, I caught up on rest and stayed productive and um, lucky enough when, when things started to loosen up, I had a, a new movie ready and a new script. So uh, next week, I'm going to be scouting Roswell and, and Texas and stuff for locations to make a new UFO film called Forbidden Sky. Forbidden Sky, nice. If you could cast yourself in a remake of any old horror film, which would it be? Man, I'd love to live in the world of Psycho, but I feel like it would be cool to do like, uh, you know, like a spinoff film you know they kind of did that with Bates Motel but I, I'd love to try to play uh, Norman Bates wow that would be interesting what scares you what scares me um I'm so the two things I have are fear of heights and I'm, and I'm claustrophobic um so I've noticed what scares me is a lack of adventure I think sort of um I love to you know, one of the things during the pandemic being living out in the middle of nowhere in general is waking up and having that freedom each day. You know what, today I feel like going to this place and, and meeting up with this friend or grabbing coffee from my favorite place or going and having a glass of wine and at the Greek restaurant in Malibu, just 
the adventure, the daily adventure of things you love to do and things you love to enjoy. Um, and so I think having that, you know, in a world without that, um, and also in a world without, you know, your family and, and ones you really love, I think that definitely brings, um, you know, definitely brings some fear because my, you know, my grandma passed away last Thanksgiving and, you know, she was older, but just the idea of, of sort of losing that comfort um, is, uh, is definitely scary. But any villain I feel like I could take on. I'm not, I'm not so scared of that. <laughs> How important was it to see your fans again, getting out and seeing the fans who saw the room know it's a bad horror movie and yet keep going back again and again to watch it? Yeah, that was definitely something that over the pandemic I, I was again, I was able to sit with and rest and think about. It. And I knew once I got a chance to get back out there, you know, meet people um, that I would definitely never take it for granted because. Um, you know, we didn't know how cinema was going to come back. Would it be normal? Would it be the same? Would it be just as enjoyable? And so I really uh, appreciated it more than ever. And, and one of my passions is traveling and there's just, you know, something cool about hanging out with people in a, you know, different state, different city. We, we all, you know, we all love movies, you know, and it's a great way to connect. And it's just very fulfilling getting a chance to do that. Um, and getting to see new places and the way people live and what what environment people like to watch movies in. So um, I uh, was very, very grateful to uh, get back out and have that balance, you know, because I love to, to be home and writing scripts and, and have that routine, but then there's something cool about getting out there and having that adventure. I think it's a huge part of growing as an artist is, is getting out and seeing new things. How about your favorite film that people would be shocked that you love? Hmm. Um, I mean, I guess I'm I'm pretty in the ballpark when it comes to movies that I I really uh, enjoy in, in a classic way. But I would probably say, um, I mean, yeah, a lot of people like David Lynch and Lost Highway. I really like used to like a movie called Johnny Suede that came out in like 1991. That you know, I guess you could call it a, a total miss, but it was like. Uh, the guy who did Living in Oblivion trying to make like a David Lynch type film. Brad Pitt was playing like a Ricky Nelson character with like a huge pompadour. And it was just something that, I don't know, was really out there but spoke to me when I when I watched it as a young actor. And I thought, hey, if, if Brad can get away with this, then maybe there's hope for me. So um, I'd say Johnny Swade. It's time for one big question with Greg Sestero beyond the mic. Greg, how have your thoughts on directing and acting have all through the years? I think I've stopped, um, you know, caring so much about what, what people think. I think, you know, we all start out wanting to be on, on the inside and making the movies that everyone thinks are cool and be, you know, in the popular group. But then I started to realize, you know, with The Room, what it taught me was like, you don't know with film what people are going to love and, and gravitate towards day to day, year to year. And, and so Tommy at the time when I met him was like the least cool person ever. I mean, nobody wanted to be around him. No agent wanted to talk to him. We'd go out to dinner. People would stare at him weird, you know, and, and then he goes and makes this movie and I'm like, oh, I got three sex scenes in the first 10 minutes. Like this is terrible. Nobody's ever want this. And then here we are 20 years later and it's a movie that, you know, one of, one of two with Rocky Horror that people interact with and screens around the world and people love it, you know? And so I just realized we, it's, it's the people that are, that are misfits that, 
we aren't, you know, the most socially um, accepted. Sometimes what they have to say on screen is what people are really looking for. You know, I watched the thing with George Lucas, um, you know, early on. You know, he wasn't kind of aloof and, and, you know, not you know not so much like the popular guy but uh you know obviously his films his creations were something that really spoke to people so i've kind of stopped looking at that crowd and thinking hey what what stories do i have what 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 movies do i want to make that um that i enjoy thinking about or enjoy wanting to tell and stop um you know mediating what i think would fit in so um i think i've just yeah cared less about um maybe the perception of what people think and more about hey I've been lucky to be in these theaters for years meeting fans. Let me let me make stuff for them that I think will entertain them versus trying to please a, a crowd or critics that I don't even know. He wishes he could star in a film spinoff of Norman Bates, nearly froze to death filming his latest work of Miracle Valley, which is shown around the country. Go see it at a theater near you. Greg Sestero, thanks for taking the time to talk with us today. Have a good one. I'll talk to you soon. And that, my friends, is Beyond the Mic.